Hey, this is Joe Castiglione, and you're listening to Not Another Sox Podcast with Matt Caval, Matt LeBeau, and Jack Webster. Can you believe it? I just came to say goodbye. I'm in the corner watching you kiss her. Buenos amigos, and welcome to episode 28 of Not Another Socks Podcast. I am Jack Webster here with Matt Galveo and Matt LeBeau, as always. Fellas, Ryan Brazier sucks. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Um, I mean, it would have been <clears throat> nice to get the win today and uh, sweep the Rangers. Um, but yeah, Ryan Brazier came through for us today, so... Um, he, uh, he might be the next one on the chopping block outside of Matt Barnes. Hey Matt, we really appreciate you showing up today. I know you're in the morning because of the Bruins. So, um, really appreciate the effort. Yeah. Um, Can we have a quick round of applause? Yeah. Round of applause. This is my Jordan flu game. Yep. He's, uh, he's hurting, (laughs) you know? Um, so great work. The Celtics look great. That's, that's, that's good news for all you shooty hoops fans. Um, but yeah, uh, Ryan Brazier, obviously the, the one week spot of a, a good weekend for the Red Sox. Uh, it, uh, cautious, I'm cautiously optimistic about this, the direction of this team. Um, they've now, I mean, what that's three of five. So, sure. you know, I mean, nothing to write home about, but two somewhat decent teams, obviously the Rangers are a little kind of in a little bit of a tough stretch. Uh, but the Braves are a good team, and you know they were one bad pitch away from. Actually, let's be honest, they were two Ryan Brazier outings away from winning every single game on this road trip. So, um, yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. But Ryan Brazier needs to go to the, the fucking moon. Yeah, if you're listening to this on Monday morning, there is a chance that he's already been designated for assignment. So uh, we'll <laughs> we'll just you know go off that assumption since we have to you know, forecast to the future here for when you're listening. So, uh, you know, really nice to get him, you know, just off the team. Thanks for 2018, but um, you suck and um, uh, you make our team worse. And kind of like you're saying, those two games on, you know, uh, what was it, Thursday and this Sunday, you know, those were winnable games. Even if, you know, you win one and you lose one of the other ones, you still went four and one on the road trip, but instead, you know, 5-0 Five and zero was away. Four and one was away, and we ended up, you know, three and two. But the three wins did feel really good, and you know, there was yeah. a lot of positives to take away from them. Sure. Yeah. I feel like. Do you guys think like uh, Ryan Brazier's got like almost like a Matt Barnes syndrome at this point, where it's like he pitched so well, like you said, Jack, in 2018, and then he's just kind of fallen off the face of the earth now. Yeah. He's one of those Donald Trump guys, so I think, you know, he's just blaming Joe Biden for, you know, all the problems that are going wrong for him right now. Um, the only inflation is his ERA at the end of the day. Uh, that's the only prices that are really soaring uh, past 4 to $5 um, right now. So um, he can have all the time to, you know, look up QAnon videos on why, um, you know, the election was robbed and, uh, you know, he has all the time in the world to storm the Capitol again. So... Uh, you know, really good for him uh, in order to chase his, uh, you know, true dreams right now. Yeah, I, I just I think that um, I mean, shout out to him for 2018. 
you know, I think that that was a really good stretch. And I don't think he was ever really that good of a, of a pitcher. Like, I think that's like, that's really the issue. Um, also last year down the stretch, not necessarily in the playoffs, but um, that series against the nationals, he pitched really, really well to kind of propel them into a playoff spot. I do remember one strikeout. I was listening on the radio. I think it was with the bases loaded and it was the, it was, I don't know if it was the last game. Or the, no, it was the second to last game. It was the one where Vasquez hit the double and Iglesias scored from first. That was the second to last game. Yeah. And um, he had a really, really good outing that game. So yeah, thanks to Ryan Brazier for some good moments. Um, but l- like I said, let's be honest, he's just not a good enough pitcher, and he never was, to be uh, uh, pitching in, in really critical situations. That's the other thing. It's like maybe, you know, middle relief, mop up, whatever. Mm-hmm. But dude, dude, you just got you just got so many options to play with, not only on this team now, but in AAA as well. That he just doesn't need to be on the team. He, he needs to thank uh, Kike Hernandez and Kevin Ploiecki for saving his ass in the wild card game, uh, because it was a scoreless outing for him. But that stand ball might have actually gone through the monster if he hit it any harder. So um, you know, uh, definitely uh, got uh, you know a little lucky there, and you know he had a lot of good moments for us here. But I think it's uh, time to bury the body in the backyard. Yep. No, I agree. Exactly. I hope I hope he is DFA'd by the time anyone is listening to this. That would be very nice. Like Jack said, we're just going to assume he is. And, um, you know, we're, we're actually predicting the future. Uh, we're ahead of the game here. Yep. Jack, I think, I, I think, we're the thing, I think if he does I think the get thing DFA'd, that's also Jack, important is uh, we have other guys to replace him now. I, I know. We... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I. It, it's sometimes hard to hear. I apologize. No, you're good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there are guys in you know Worcester and even uh, Portland where we're going to be able to you know call these pitchers up and actually get productive innings out of them. Um, uh, yes, Ryan Brazier to the moon gone. <laughs> yeah, to the moon gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I know, Jack, before you, you asked the question before uh, we started recording as to whether or not we're back, um, you know, we had a, um, you know, we were saying, you know, obviously you took three out of five on the road trip. And, um, you know, it, it, I, you know, like LeBeau was saying, he was cautiously optimistic about the team. I think maybe they're not back yet, but I think it, this road trip was definitely a step in the right direction um, into getting there. So, I think you're somewhat back right now, but um, you know, obviously, this this next uh, home stand is going to be pretty uh, telling as well because you got some good uh, good teams coming in. Yeah, I think you have to look at this that this past road trip as like one series. Like you won the road trip, you went three and two, which I think as the way the team was playing, I think that three and two is an excellent excellent return for where we were headed. Um, now you come home and now you have a chance to compound those performances. Every one of those games on the road felt like you were in it really until the end, except maybe today, obviously, because that was the largest margin of, of victory um, for the opposing team. But it really was only one bad in it. And I mean, they couldn't hit Martin Perez, which is a fucking travesty. 
Um, so yeah. shout out Martin because we, I mean, we we loved Martin as a guy. You know, I never thought he was a good pitcher, but um, always a good guy, and glad he was able to perform well against his former team. So it's nice for him. But um, yeah, you always felt like every game was close. You felt like you were in every game. You never, you know, felt like they they were gonna lose. Um, so I think you can build off that for the homestand. Now you come home for how how, how many series are at home? Three. Uh, I know you got the Astros, and then you have the Mariners this weekend. Um, and, then and then we I, go to Chicago, and then we're back home against Baltimore and Cincinnati. So uh, the next, uh, what is it, one, two, three, four, the next five series, four of them are at home, and the other one is just in Chicago. So you, you get some home cooking here. You got to, you know, actually capitalize on that. I mean, that, that Baltimore-Cincinnati stretch at home, that's one you're circling on the calendar is like, yeah. if you can be close to 500 for that series, then for, or for that stretch, then you have to imagine that that should put them there. So you, that, that should be your goal. Get, get to within striking yeah. distance of 500, and then you can just rattle off, you know, six in a row against those teams. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very doable. And that we actually have is... five games against Baltimore. Uh, one of them is a scheduled doubleheader, so I've never seen a five-game series. Oh yeah! <laughs> wow, interesting. Yeah. And then two against the Reds right after that. So yeah, I mean, just yeah, yeah, just two. Okay, so you got six six very winnable games there. You have a very winnable series against Seattle, and obviously we know Houston's a very very tough opponent. But I mean, they're home, and the team is hitting in a way where I feel like, you know, really they can, obviously they can beat anyone, but let's not forget how good the starting pitching has been. I think the way this, this team is performing, if they're, if they hit, then with how good the starting pitching is, I think they're just going to win games. Like you're just going to find a way to win regardless of how bad the bullpen is. I think if you pitch well and you, you drive in those many, that many runs, then you're going to have a large enough margin to not really worry about who finishes the game. Like it doesn't really matter. You're going to be up by four or five runs at that point. So I think that should be the goal, naturally. Yeah, I think if you told us, like, how good the starting pitching was going to be, you know, um, like 35 uh, games into the season at this point here, we probably would have thought we would have been 21 and 13 instead of 13 and 21. Yeah, totally. So, it, it, totally. It, and it's nice to see the, the starting pitching doing well because that was a big question mark. And now you have, you know, guys like even Garrett Whitlock stepping up. And, um, you know, throwing meaningful innings at the beginning of games, Tanner Houck kind of in that swing role. Um, but, um, yeah, no, the, the offense is always it is going to start going. It was only a matter of time. It was nice to see even over these last few days, um, you know, consistent uh, run innings in a, or start, consistent runs in like multiple innings of a game instead of just having that one big inning and then kind of doing nothing after that. So, the uh, the bats uh, that's your biggest problem. I think you know we're gonna be you know okay in that department moving forward. Sure, no, absolutely, and I think Cora said it best. One, uh, the the game, the, the first game against Texas, the Friday night game, it started with like Bogarts just running out a ball like a ground ball, a shortstop. Like that's what that's what triggered the um, the attack, and it was like it's not it's not gonna be a 450 foot home run that gets you know the boys going. It's gonna be those grinding out plays when you see your teammates busting their ass and you want to not let them down. It's like, you feel like, like a sense of accountability where you, you want to make their efforts worth it. And I think that that is really a major key for this team because they have the talent, 
but it's a lot of it's mental. A lot of it is maybe I don't want to say lack of effort. I'm not the, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to say a professional baseball player is making twenty million dollars yeah. a year isn't putting in the, the correct amount of effort. I think they are and they're managed well enough. But um, yeah, I think that it's obviously not a talent issue. So they just got to put it together, and and it looks like they're 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 on their way. Yeah, I mean, and, and you mentioned it too, LeBeau. Obviously, it doesn't always have to be guys just, you know, hitting bombs and, and hitting moonshots. It's really what you saw in this uh, in this series is just getting guys on base and just driving in runs. And, you know, that's the key to the offense. I feel like that's, like you said, it's probably almost better than just going out there and just hitting bombs consistently. Just, you know, and that's how what it takes, especially when you get deeper into the season, the games start meaning more and more. Um, and then ultimately in the postseason is when you get guys on base, are you able to drive in the runs? And, you know, that's what they started doing on this road trip. So hopefully on this homestand, you continue doing that. You're at home. You know, you got the, the crowd behind you. And hopefully, um, you know, that's something that they can just build upon. Absolutely. Uh, the, uh, the only guy I really was glad to see Homer was Trevor Story finally getting that first one at Atlanta. Yeah. You know, it was great seeing him in the home run cart. They had the confetti, which is great because, you know, they just got off a tough stretch there. So they're still having fun. You got to, you know, trust Cora to keep that clubhouse together and everything, which I think he's the perfect manager for. We're not going to be a podcast that uh, predicts that he's going to be gone by uh, the all-star break, unlike some other people out there. Uh, um, um, but no, I mean, uh, they... If they did bad this last series, I think then would be the time to press the panic button. But this really kind of, you know, um, not delayed things, but hopefully turned it around. Yeah, I feel like it, it kind of settled down the panic for sure. Because, I mean, like you said, Jack, if they if they drop, you know, this road trip, if, if you come out of here with maybe like two wins um, on a five-game stretch, then you're kind of just like, uh-oh, like what's going on here? Because mm-hmm. this was supposed to be a series that you wanted to build upon, so... It's good that they ended up, uh, you know, taking those three games for sure. No, they they needed they needed that, and Trevor Story definitely definitely needed that. And now I think you're going into the this home stand with a lot less storylines than you had before, when they left last day last day came to Fenway. Like I think there's just a lot less shit around this team that is negative. I think a lot of it is. Like, I think there's a more positive outlook on this team just from those three wins because I think the three wins that they got were convincing. They played great baseball, and they hit really well. And there's no reason to think that now that the weather is warming up, now that you're at home, you can't do that again, and you can't do that on a consistent level. So yeah. I think that that's, you know, just um, – I, I think that's the key, and I, I think that you're going to see it, this homestand. Also, real quick. I'll never knock like another podcast, especially a Red Sox podcast, because like you, you know how hard it is. Like we, we've been yeah. doing this, we've been trying to get established. Obviously, it's very difficult. But dude, if you're giving those guys any like attention or love or whatever, and like you know who I'm talking about, if you're listening to the show after we brought up the Alex Cora being fired thing, like don't just stop. Like that's such a joke. It's it's really such a joke. Like I can understand maybe having a hot take now and then, but the call for Alex Cora's job after six weeks, not even of a bad start with a shortened spring training after a lockout. He's a a world championship manager. And last year he just brought them to, you know, within 
two wins of the World Series. I mean, that, that's just disgusting. Let's be real. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it seemed just like so clickbaity, like they were just putting yeah. it out there just to like get listens and, and get views and whatever they were trying to do. So it's just kind of like, dude, really? Like, <laughs> are you stooping that low? Yeah. Like, that's, I don't know, man. That's just terrible. I don't, I don't know how, like, you can look at yourself and be like, yeah, we're, we're re- pro Red Sox podcast, but then you just come up with that shit. Like, that's, that's nuts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It'd be one thing if it was like a one time thing, but that just kind of seems to be, you know, same old, same old. No, it's a theme. It's a definitely a theme. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's not new for them. And, um, you know, I, I think that, like I said, I'm sure they work really hard and I'm sure that yeah. they put a lot of effort into the show and whatnot. And, you know, I'm sure, like I said, they have a good, good following, but you know, we're out here trying to give like reasonable takes. Like, I don't think we're like too biased. I don't think we're like too, like, Oh, we hate the team. You know, I don't think we say things for listens, for likes, for clicks. I think we just give our honest opinions and I think we're pretty genuine. I think most of the, the podcasts out there are, but like, dude, that, I just it makes us look bad. It's a tough look for every show. And there's so many Red Sox podcasts. So right. that's just frustrating. That was my little rant. So <laughs> we hear you, man. Yeah. But no, like you're saying, it, it is hard out there. There's a lot of great Red Sox podcasts. I mean, we do happen to be the best one. There's right. really no debate in that. <laughs> like, you know, um, I don't care what any experience anybody else has. They they come for our beautiful faces. Yep. Even though only sure. eight people watch on YouTube at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody wants to see these mugs on a daily yeah. basis. Well, luckily it's week. <laughs> luckily it's weekly, so they don't have to. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's true. Sure. <laughs> but um, I know Jack. Obviously, um, Big Fudge made the start today, and uh, Jack, you had texted the uh, chat earlier today. Um, uh, you know, kind of talking about Tanner Houck and, and whether or not, you know, you should have um, almost an opener really like you had today with uh, him going two innings and then, you know, Houck coming into the game. So is that something that, uh, you know, that's a good idea that you had, you know, I thought. Yeah, well, I didn't have it. Alex Cora did or Hein Bloom did. <laughs> they're, they're not consulting. Well, I'm saying like, like keeping that. it, yeah. keeping it on like a consistent like yeah. basis if this is what you want to do. Yeah. You no, know, exactly. If you're not going to trust um, uh, Tanner Houck to go three times through the order, then it does make sense to have someone like an Austin Davis that you can trust one time through the order, get those outs, not really give up any runs or give up only one run maybe, and then, you know, have Tanner Houck uh, go three, four innings depending on, you know, how efficient he is. I and mean, he looked fine today. He gave up that one home run. You know, that happens in Texas. Um, but I think, you know, it's going to be kind of – interesting to see what his role is whether it is a starter whether it's a swingman whether it's a closer it still is very much up in the air especially now that you know i think garrett whitlock's going to be in the rotation for at least you know the next few weeks we'll see you know what the need might be down the stretch but um uh, i think you know they're at least committed to doing that right now whether you guys like that or not yeah no i like it I like it. I think that kind of burning one of your bullpen pitchers that might not be like as high leverage um, is a good idea to get through that first, you know, first first nine, first nine outs maybe, or first even six outs, and then throw Hauk in there. 
Uh, the only thing I just don't like about it is obviously Davis is nice, you know, situationally because he's tough against lefties. So you do kind of you do kind of burn that later in the game. But now with the with the three hitter rule, um, you see less of that. Right. Like that's almost kind of I don't want to say dead, but it's getting there. We're like you just, you know, you have a lefty specialist because he's got to face a right. Like, yeah, there's no such thing as just face. I mean, no, no, no team in the MLB hits three lefties in a row and doesn't right. pinch hit for one of them. If, you know, it's just that you don't you just don't see it. Right. So, no, I, I, I liked it. And it obviously worked. It's, it's a shame that Brazier, you know. Shoot his pants, but did he shoot his pants? No, he's just not a good pitcher. <laughs> yeah, nice. Nah, he's, uh, he's just gonna be gone. It's fine. We got plenty of options. Dino Calm up. I know Frank Herman down in uh, Portland is doing unbelievable, touching you know three digits on his fastball and has a great secondary pitch. Might want to get him some time. Worcester. Uh, another guy, Connor Siebold, did great today. In Worcester as well, he could maybe be a swingman for you, throw some good innings. Um, and, you know, Bayo. there are – there, yeah, Bayo. I think they're going to keep him as a starter. So I, yeah, I don't too. think his time is quite yet. Uh, I think he'll probably ha- even have, you know, maybe close to a full season in AAA. Uh, and there's no need to rush him right now. The rotation's no. doing fine. You don't need another starter. We want to actually develop a starting pitcher for once in our fucking organization's history <laughs> since Clay Buckles or John Lester. It, w- it would be nice. It'd be nice. We're still, wait. we're still waiting <laughs> on Henry Owens. Yeah, yeah we're still exactly. waiting on Henry Owens. <laughs> Anthony Renato. Yep. Casey Kelly. Casey Kelly. Korea. Yeah. Yep. No, I, he, I I totally agree. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I was gonna I, say, is he out in Korea, Jack? He was. I don't think he's there anymore. Even. I, I thought it, I thought it was gonna be Hauk. I thought Hauk was a lock to be like a developed starting pitcher. I just don't know if. Like, he has the – like, all right, he's, we've obviously seen a, a difference in stuff from last year to this year. But now it's like not only does is his stuff not as good, but he is just – he has an issue pitching late in the games too. So I think maybe he might just be a better fit for the bullpen, but there's I, – I, the, we're not going to find that out for a while. I think he, he we need to see more. So – but Bayo, I'm really, I'm really excited about Bayo. Everything that I've read is just that he is like the next big Red Sox starting pitching prospect. Well, he already is, but um, he has ace potential, is what I've been been reading. And this year, he's taken a significant step forward. Yeah, now he's actually on like top 100 list, and he's probably going to keep jumping up that throughout the year, especially as guys graduate. He shows more stuff, um, so. Uh, well, we actually, you know, have a nice pipeline. We've kind of talked about it before, but, uh, it's nice to actually see some of these guys performing and, you know, higher up in the minors too. Like a lot of your good guys are in triple or double A or triple A outside of like Nick York and Myers. Yeah. Right. And that's even like a big part of, um, you know, why you went out and, and got a guy like Bloom too, uh, to kind of build that pipeline. So like you guys said, you're kind of seeing that, uh, more and more of, um, you know, replenishing your uh, your farm system here, and um, you know, hopefully, if you hit on a few of these guys, then then that's great. I mean, then your future sets up uh, pretty nicely going forward. Yep. Yep. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited about the future. I, obviously, I think the the biggest issue that looms is the potential of losing, you know, a couple catalysts like you know, Bogarts, Devers. Although JD's a little older, 
you know, him as well in that conversation because I think he can play well into his late 30s. Um, and, you know, big Nate, too. So that's uh, that looms. You know, I think those guys will, will fit as good replacements for some of those guys, but you can't replace all those guys. I mean, you can't replace you can't replace Nate. You can't replace Bogarts. You can't replace Devers. I mean, JD is replaceable, right? I mean, he's a DH, you know. Kind of, and he's not been a diamond. doing super great. He's been doing great this year. Yeah, he is. I, I mean, it, he's one of those guys where, like, he, he uh, besides 2020, right, he's just like, you can count on him to always be productive. Like, his numbers at the end of the year, you know he's just going to get his. Um, obviously, Devers and Bogarts are in that category, too. But those are superstars. Like, JD's a star, but he's not a superstar. You know, I, I think that... He, he falls into a little bit of a, a lower category than them, but you can just count on him to just just rake, you know, I think. Um, and then Verdugo, he's the other guy where I'd like him to be in that category, but he's just not there yet. Um, my my biggest concern with this lineup is just it's it's obviously the bottom of the lineup is a big issue. We've talked about Bobby Dahlbeck. We had the Bobby Dahlbeck execution last episode. Yeah. Um, we know yeah. this is a very anti Christian Vasquez podcast. Um, but I'm really worried about Kike Hernandez because yeah. I think last year he played over his potential. Now I think he's coming back down to earth. I don't think he's bad as he's shown this year, but he's definitely not as good as he, sh- he sh- showed last year. So he's somewhere in the middle. And I don't think that means he's a leadoff guy, to be honest. So I'm a little concerned about Kike. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah. He kind of got off to a rough start last year from what I remember. I don't think quite is this bad or else we would have been calling for his head. Um, and, you know, for the beginning part of uh, 2021, we didn't have a leadoff hitter. We were mixing a match and we're kind of in that same boat now. And then, you know, he had that series against the Yankees where he hit a few leadoff home runs against Garrett Cole and everything was fantastic. And you found his role for 2021. But we haven't found a guy like that. It hasn't been him, you know, and he's hit down fifth, sixth, even seventh in the order, depending on, you know, the day. So hopefully, you know, he might be able to turn around, even just have a good stretch, like a good month where he is hitting a lot of home runs and really, uh, you know, not even just home runs, but doubles and uh, runs batted in and, uh, you know, having fun out there since I feel like we haven't quite seen that outside of maybe that Eduardo Rodriguez home run earlier this year, like just all the silliness. And we know he's that guy, and I think he will get there. Probably not to the same level as 2021, but we he's I think he can still be a productive player. Absolutely. They got to loosen up. You know, I, I, it's stressful playing in Boston when you're losing. Everything, it feels like the world is around you and you're and you're and I, I mean, Boston, obviously, you're in a fishbowl like right. you, you you're constantly being talked about. You're constantly being um, criticized and it's very, very difficult, I could imagine. So but Kike seems like the kind of guy where he's going to be loose and really not worry about it. Um, I feel like, you know, some of the guys on the team, maybe it gets to them a little bit more, but I think they have a good group where things kind of stay within the team and you don't really find out stuff. Like, obviously we've had some players in the past where it's definitely affected them and affected their performance on the field. Like, you know, the Adrian Gonzalez types and um, the JD Drews of the world. And, you know, I mean, Boston's not for everyone. So I think Kike will be fine. But again, I just I feel like he's probably not maybe like really a leadoff guy 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. It seems like he's still trying to find his groove this season where it's like, obviously last year, like you said, he played probably over his potential. Um, but last year kind of showed like he does have the potential to be, you know, a really good hitter in this lineup. Um, but it seems like, you know, obviously he's just getting to a, rough, a bit of a rough start and, you know, he's batted leadoff. He's batted, you know, in the middle of the lineup later in the lineup and it, you know, nothing seemed to click this year. Um, so we've kind of talked about it on like a team perspective where you're waiting for like the offense to click as a whole, but now on an individual basis, I think Kike has been a little concerning, but I feel like you're just waiting for like that, you know, one, maybe like one series where like he's consistently hitting the ball. Like that's what you're waiting for from Kike. Like he's had good games, but it hasn't been like on a consistent stretch. He needs like one good series. And I feel like that could probably propel him to, you know, continue hitting um, on a consistent basis going forward. Yeah, I think he needs a nice big Fenway breakout weekend series. I think this is a perfect time. The weather's warm. It's a big time opponent. I think this is a good, good chance for him to break out and the fans to see it and it to happen and then carry it into the rest of the season. But like you guys mentioned, too, I don't think he's a guy that's going to get tight at all or he's going to let right. things bother him. He seems like a guy that keeps like he's obviously like you said he's loose. He's always having a good time in the dugout and I think that kind of trickles down into the um into the team as a whole. I think he just he's a really big factor for keeping the guys loose especially early on this year when things haven't really been going well. So sure. um he certainly uh adds some value but um you know you're definitely looking for his offensive production to increase here going forward and obviously this is a this home stretch is like you said it's a good uh, opportunity great chance great chance and he was a uh, former astro people forget so it could be a little bit of a revenge store for him yes. you always have that extra chip <laughs> on your shoulder uh, but at the end of the day you know kike was a two-year 14 million dollar you know seven million per year uh, player he shouldn't be expected to be you know uh, that uh, top of the lineup guy for you in every situation kind of get what you pay for to a degree and you know it is kind of on you know a lot of the big bats to actually start getting going and actually get some production you know from the bottom of the order particularly from first base right field and catcher where you're almost getting no production from them this year so uh if you know if it's one less thing you have to worry about with key gain center that's going to make things a whole lot easier and uh you know really help dissipate some of that uh you know lower of the order production but um, uh, that, that's kind of, I, I feel like, the bigger need and, uh, you know, one of the harder ones to address as well. Yeah, he's playing great center field. I mean, he plays he's doing awesome defensively. I mean, he, he took that position and made it his. He owns that position now. I mean, can't take that away from him. So um, the, def- the status of the defense has been good. Everyone's been pretty good defensively. Devers has certainly taken a step up. Bogarts looks really good, really comfortable at short. Um, obviously, you know, I mean, he's never looked uncomfortable. Just obviously he seems like he's maybe taken a step up in his range this year. Trevor Story looks very comfortable at second. Um, Verdugo, very solid left field. Obviously, JBJ, Christian Vasquez. I'd rather have – a horrible defensive catcher than getting nothing offensively. But, I mean, he's obviously decent back there. So, defense has been good. That's a bright spot. 
No, I think we actually have uh, some of the uh, highest rating for defensive runs saved in MLB this year. So, you know, that's certainly helped out our pitching, which, uh, you know, has really even kept us kind of where we're at at this point. So kind of like, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but once the bats come around, um, there is a lot of good things going for this team. And 13 and 21 isn't really indicative of how good we actually are at the end of the day. We've underperformed by a large, large margin. No, I agree. I agree. Definitely. And, um, you know, obviously there was uh, some reports this week, um, you know, that if the Red Sox continued to struggle, then you'd see the the Cardinals had showed, showed interest in, in Bogarts. Um, and we kind of talked about um, obviously this being a big stretch for the Red Sox, but um, yeah, no, I, LeBaud, I don't know if you had any, uh, any thoughts on that. Well, it's just more it's it's more the national media writing the funeral for the Red Sox. They're writing the eulogy and they love it. It's like it's like crack cocaine to those fucking animals. Um, they're just sick, sick people and they want to see the Red Sox fail. Uh, especially all the New York writers, the Heymans of the world. Once yeah. they even smell a guy like Bogarts potentially being traded by you know, the mighty Boston Red Sox. Let's not forget who has the most championships this fucking century. The only team with four championships. I believe that's correct, right? The Giants have yeah, three. Yeah, Giants have yeah. three. Yeah. Right. The only team with four championships is the Boston Red Sox. They are the class of the 21st century, and everyone wants to take them down, including the national media. Um, it, it's it's ridiculous. I, 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 I still think they're going to work out an extension. I don't think he's he's I don't think he's gonna leave. I think that Heim Bloom would that's I think that's almost career suicide to trade yeah. Mickey Betts and Xander Bogarts as your first two big um trades, I would say, as as president of baseball ops. I think that's career suicide. And then you gotta come back and you gotta address the Devers situation. So re-signing Bogarts is gonna give you that leeway to I don't wanna say mess up the Devers situation, but if they resign Bogarts and, and they have to trade Devers, like if they're bad next year and they have to trade Devers, then I mean, imagine if you trade all three, he'd be gone. If he trades all three, he'd be gone. So one of Bogarts or Devers are definitely staying. That's a fact. That's a guarantee. Because Heim Bloom, it's either sign one of those guys or lose your job. For right. sure. So don't and you got to worry him. about Evaldi too. It's his last year until free yep. agency. Last year of JD, last year of Kike. I think it's the last year of Christian Vasquez. Thank God. Um, so there are guys <laughs> that you know are going to be coming off the books and you know holes to fill for next season. So <clears throat> no, thankfully, you know, uh, we did have this stretch where we're not. You know, we're going to see if we're back in it or not. But if we lost this series, you know, kind of the writing might have been on the wall for how this team would have gone at the trade deadline. And, uh, you know, we don't want to see guys leave the team, even if it doesn't, uh, even if it might even be beneficial for us long-term. I think, we, you know, we want to actually try to win while we still have this window. And that's what you need to do as an organization to excite fans at the end of the day. Right. I mean, you, you, you want to charge that much for tickets, beers, hot dogs, everything. <laughs> then you have to – and I'm not going to say, like, you have to put a good product on the field. They did. They did do that. I mean, the, the team is talented, and they have the best right. manager in baseball running the show. I mean, I, they put a good product onto the field. Yeah, they didn't 
perform they haven't performed well enough and the bullpen's been a major just oversight but the product is good and next year it will be good but you got you got to be able to keep those guys that are cornerstones like yeah. I, you don't even need to keep the jds and honestly i think that you can replace uvaldi i think it's it, it would suck but i think he's replaceable i don't think bogart's endeavors are replaceable and I think that if you can lock those guys up long-term, you have some nice team-friendly situations moving forward offensively. You have, you know, Cassis looming, right? He could be a middle-of-the-order hitter, probably replace J.D.'s bat within the next two years. J.D. walks, Vasquez walks, you get a cheap option at catcher. Maybe you replace Uvalde in also a cheap way, and then you have Bayo looming so maybe you know you have kind of a, maybe a bridge situation of these younger guys but you've retained your cornerstone franchise players you got to do it you got to do it i think i yeah. still think they will yankee fans will say oh they're gone <laughs> they're not coming <laughs> yankee fans will start still trying to trade uh for devers and bogarts with uh, miguel and duhar yes yeah. <laughs> i'm not dead yet <laughs> That's bring out out, yeah, bring out your dad. <laughs> um, no, I think you know the first step is to get out of the basement of the cellar. We need to start actually getting ahead of the Orioles here. It's a little embarrassing, and then you know, honestly, just get to 500. That's all that this team really needs to do by the end of the month. We're eight games under right now, um, so maybe you know, we'll give it a month from now on the 15th if we're back at 500 we're still in this other teams have done worse and made the playoffs won the world series just last Absolutely. year with the braves they yeah. were they weren't even 500 until august given it's a lot easier division you know the nats were terrible in 2019 there's been plenty of other examples so there's no reason to give up quite yet we've dug ourselves a hole that is gonna be you know a challenge for the rest of the year there's no doubt about that but um, where it, the season's not done. No, not at all. And think about it. If you can be 500 after, say, 58 games, using a, a random number, or just call it 60, 500 after 60 games, you're 30 and 30, which is still very, very much within reach. If you can be 30 and 30, you still have an extra 102 games to play. All you got to do at that point is go, what? 60 and 40, very, very attainable. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the blueprint, right? You don't even, you don't need to, bust, like right now, the Red Sox don't need to bust out like 12 of 13. You know, they, they need to win like six of seven. That gets them back to around 500. And then you're pretty much there. And then you just need to get hot and stay hot and just play good ball. And you're fine. Dude, what, what are they, five games out of a playoff spot? Yeah, with 120 games to go. Like, <laughs> yeah, especially I mean, with the ex expanded playoffs. You kind of forget about that, but like, it, you can be an 86 team win and still make it into the playoffs. You don't need absolutely. to win 90 games at this point uh, anymore. Absolutely, right. and this team could win 90 games. Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's not always you know the teams that uh, come out hot out of the gate, or or you know, there's not always like oh the team with the best record that can. You're not that doesn't guarantee you a championship. You know, you see it across all sports where, you know, if you just get in, you get hot at the right time, you could easily win and, and take down, you know, 
uh, a giant in your, um, you know, in your league. And, you know, it's <laughs> there's there's no reason to say that this Red Sox team can't get hot at, at some point. And, you know, when you when you get into the playoffs, um, really anything, anything can happen. I mean, you saw it last year with this team. You know, they they weren't the, the best team in baseball. But, you know, they got in, they got pretty hot, and they came, you know, within a few wins of, um, you know, the World Series. So, um, yeah, I mean, anything can happen. You're definitely not out of not out of it. You know, they're, they're certainly uh, – you're not planning the funeral for this team. Um, it's not even close to that at this point. No, you're not. You're not at all. A um, couple quick things because my phone's about to die. I didn't expect to have to use my phone tonight. Um, but shout-out to uh, Ben Brown for winning the official right. Not Another Socks podcast hat. Never been worn. It's a brand-new hat. It's not one of our old hats. Still got the <laughs> sticker on it. So shout-out to Ben. Um, as much grief as we do give to – oh, no, he's a main guy. Tim John was a Connecticut Tim guy. John is a yeah, Tim John. Yeah, yeah Tim John. Shout-out Tim John. Great kid. Very much interactive. But Ben, fan of the show as well, so – Everybody, obviously, thanks for listening and interacting. You know, we had a very yeah. good week on Twitter. Shout out to Jack for his Twitter efforts. He absolutely crushed it this week. Um, but, uh, but yeah, great job, Ben, for winning the I – mean, you didn't really do anything. You just got lucky. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Ben did win the hat and looking forward to sending it. Give it some time, Ben. The mail's really slow. Um, but you will get it up there in May. Uh, it's game I am also selling my uh, Astros tickets on Wednesday. So if you DM us, I will sell it to you for $20. Uh, they're $35 face value, but I want to reward the listeners of the show. So if you're listening and you can go on Wednesday, uh, please buy these tickets from me. Honestly, I was going to buy them. I was actually like ready to pull the trigger and text you. And then I realized it was a 605 game. And then I just. Yeah, that's, that's, that's why I'm not going. It's so annoying. I can't even get out of work in time for that. Like, even if I left early, I'd have to leave like, like four. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Very, thank you for helping me sell these tickets. Yeah. They're going to know that <laughs> they got to know the game time. <laughs> somebody yeah. can go. Somebody He's, can go. Yeah. Somebody can go. <laughs> it's going to be a nice, nice night against the Astros, a great ball club. Who's pitching? Maybe he's a little Pavetta action. Big dick. It Nick. is Pavetta that day. Yeah. Nice. Big Dick Nick we on the mound. He's hot. And, uh, who do we got even going here? Uh, then Evaldi, then Pavetta, then TBD, which is probably going to be some type of like how or, or Richel probably, who's also done uh, really well for us as of late. If my phone dies, I'm sorry. But yeah. No. That's okay. I, I mean, Pigeon's good. Good to see Pavetta and Hell do well. We forgot to mention that before, but we'll we'll throw yeah. that in here quick. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Good on yep. the pen. Go Sox. Uh, yeah. It's not over yet. Go Keep down. fighting. Keep fucking fighting. Let's go. I'm in the corner watching you kiss her. Good show. Good show.